Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Your patience has been rewarded. We are back on a Sunday card with an NFC free agency show, recapping all the moves that happened in the NFC this offseason as we get OTAs underway. It's June. It's busting out all over. We have, yes, OTAs. We have mini camps rolling in just about like 45 to 50 days. Training camp opens, fellas. It is it is coming down the pike. But first, but first, you know, there's other stuff in sports, like like the hockey, right? I mean, we've South Florida is the hottest place on earth. Whether you're talking about basketball or hockey right now, Matthew, it is flame city. Yes, uh, all through the conference finals, it was quite warm weather climates. Uh, mm-hmm. So it did I did feel lost a little bit of the juice. I was talking to somebody. It's like really those original six teams and just those certain names that have been around. You lost the big dogs from the past couple of years, but it's been good. Florida's a great story. Uh, Vegas is great. I really like Jack Eichel going there. I'm I'm kind of pulling for Vegas this finals. I know Florida seems to be the getting the, the hype, but uh, yeah, and then obviously NBA Finals it starts as we record tonight. So uh, excited for that. Let me ask you a question, Lewis. If you're a Miami sports fan, I mean, how are you not breaking the bank? You get to go from back and forth to Miami, to Vegas, to Denver, which is one of the coolest cities ever, and go see all the – I mean, why wouldn't you just blow it all? Where is DJ Khaled? Another one. I, this guy wants to be Pitbull, Mr. Worldwide. Uh, yeah, all the Miami people, there's a lot of private jets down there. There's a lot of rich people in Miami, so it, that's plausible. They could do it, you know. Uh, and I, I personally want Denver, but I am nervous about Miami. They've proven everybody wrong this entire time. I agree. Knicks, uh, the, the Celtics, they almost blew it against the Celtics, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I never I never had a sweat with that Celtics series. I, I just never thought ever that the mm. Celtics were going to come back in that series. I thought it might go seven once they won game five. But man, I was I was just I never had because the Celtics are the epitome. They're like, you know, they're not the Sixers, right? They're not a complete dumpster fire. They've got a lot of talent. But again, it's yeah. coaching, it's culture, it's yeah. team building, it's all those things that the Heat do that the Celtics just don't do. First We're year coach, town four nights a week. First year coach Tatum and Brown are still young. They got time. Both under twenty six. Both under twenty six. That's great. That's that's where they're in the spot now. It's like, do we really want to blow it up? They're talking about who they got to sign, who they got to keep. But it's like they're both under twenty six. Like, why do we got to change things now? But it's Crazy. like it's not working yet. I don't know. Crazy, Crazy. stuff going on in Boston. Well, it's great because, you know, now I don't have to listen to any other Boston sports media talk about any other thing except for my team. So now I can, like, handle it. Um, let's go and do the NFC. None of us have any skin in the game in this conference. And, Matt, I got to be honest with you, looking at the NFC, one word comes to mind, and that word is ew, because there's a lot of bad teams in this in this conference there's a lot of wide open spaces. It's like it's like the, the the Midwest out there. I mean, there is just open skies for some teams to be able to win these conferences. I think three. I'm sorry, divisions. I think three of the divisions are completely plausible for teams to just not win it back to back. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mentioned it. I alluded to it in the last show, like when we were looking at 
especially just the odds for the for the who's going to win the conference. I mean, it's like after the first two names on that list, you're like these these three, you know, these three, four, five, like they're really the top five favorite to win the conference. It's like it's almost hard to picture that scenario uh, versus the AFC. It felt like, you know, we're like, oh, you could take a shot at this team. You know, they're they're fifth, sixth in the odds, but they might have a chance. Like it's hard. And we've had so much turnover, a lot of quarterback turnover, a lot of new quarterbacks. It's a lot of teams that we're just trying to figure out what their identity is. And it's hard to hard to do in an offseason. Yeah, it really is. But you want to know something? It makes for some juicy value, doesn't it? I mean, you've got teams that, you know, like, man, that's hard to stomach. Well, the team right next to them is pretty hard to stomach. You know, you might as well take the leap of faith. And I think that's what we're going to be doing a lot in this episode is, which I guess I will entitle leap of faith. So let's get to it, shall we? Oh, shots, shots, Jonathan Gabe, shots. Shot play, low Vegas, low roll, hit the back wall, hit the back God, wall. Does. That is going to be my I, – I I might need to follow the Cardinals closely this year so I can tweet out the, the clip of Jonathan Gay and saying that to Rondell Moore. Shots. We're going to take shots. I love that. God. I absolutely love it. Let's go for it. Speaking of Jonathan Gannon, let's go to his former team, shall we? Let's start in the NFC East. And, and this is really the only consistency. Yeah, you put your hands up and say, who else? Uh, what do you want me to say? Philadelphia. I mean – so the Eagles, with their win total set at 11.5, it's the highest in the NFC. They are plus 100 currently, depending on where you look. Um, but on average, they're about plus 100 to win their division. They add a lot of pieces, obviously, to to kind of re-up on the losses that they took because they took a lot of losses as well, especially in the running back category. They add Rashad Penny. They trade for DeAndre Swift. Big moves there small moves uh, at some other weaponry positions, but they do hold on to a lot of key players. Those key players, though, are old. It's Jason Kelsey's, the Fletcher Cox, the Brandon Graham, who quietly had a really good season last year, but they make a they make two really big-time signs with James Bradbury and Darius Slay. They needed to do that for their corner position. They lose C.J. Gardner-Johnson back there. They lose Marcus Epps back there. They lose... I think the biggest thing of them losing is obviously Javon Hargraves, but then they just replace that with Jalen Carter. It's like the the ball keeps on rolling. Howie is playing chess 3D style. Yeah, I mean, the like you said, the area they probably took the biggest loss was the running back room, but I might like this running back room better. There's, this is a, mm. this room is way more shifty, dynamic. I mean, Rashad Penny, it, they granted two very injury prone players. We know Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift. Like, I, I don't think either of them have finished a full season uh, in their short careers, but I mean, super dynamic, a ton more speed. I think this is a much more uh, like a dynamic room uh, to pair up with Jalen Hurts. Obviously, I think like I said, the age of Kelsey is one thing, but we know he's he, he's kind of the best player on their best unit, which is the best unit in the NFL. Maybe one of their biggest advantages in every game. So I mean, that's that's got to be one of the, the biggest win of the offseason. And then you said they just let's just keep drafting Georgia Bulldogs. Let's just keep drafting yeah. players that played on the best college football defense of all time. Like I mean, it can't really, it doesn't feel like they can go wrong there with Jalen Carter and Noel Smith coming in. Another two as they added two last year, and they um, also added Keith Ringo to the corner. So yeah, sure. so. so. Um, like I said, I think that they were the best team in the NFC last year. Are they better this year? I mean, they kind of look like they might be better this year. The argument's going to be Jalen Hurts' health, obviously. But that's any team with a quarterback. And just because he runs the football, they think he's going to get hurt more. But 
I mean, as long as Jalen Hurts stays healthy, I, I think it's the best team in the NFC. He would have been the MVP last year if he did not get hurt. We said this about the Rams last year. Are they better than they were last year? And, you know, you make some small little changes and everybody thinks, oh, yeah, it's going to work again. Well, you know, you also have to put up the money for that. The team's a little older. Um, you sign the older players back. The Eagles, we know, have a ton of depth, a lot more depth than the Rams did previously a year ago. Um, obviously, the offensive and defensive lines. I think Hargraves, that's a big loss for them on the D-line because Cox is your older. Carter's a rookie. Jordan Davis, you expect him to take the next leap, you know. So you've got guys in the pipeline there. I just wonder, you know, maybe is there a small setback? I don't think this is a bad team in any stretch. I think clearly on paper they're the best team in this conference. I just wonder if there's a little Super Bowl hangover. It takes a lot out of a team. I do trust Jalen Hurts. He's obviously one of my favorite players in the league. But it's to me, it's getting everybody that has now come over to this team, getting them to buy in. Does the pieces all fit together again? It's all about chemistry for this team, and I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I was going to say, you could maybe see a sluggish start, maybe just not their best regular season effort after what they've done, but feels like a team that come playoff time, you know, again, not, and I think in an extremely difficult division, they should be able to grab one of the title or one of the three wild card spots and, and, and find their way in the playoffs and just a team that's built for the playoffs with, with the kind of the kind of game they play with really hard defense and, and can run the football and just just the most dynamic one of the more dynamic offenses we've seen in the league with what Jalen with uh, what Jalen Hurts could do. You have to have a long time to prepare for them. I would love a slow start because the Patriots open with them on Week One, so that would be great. But we'll see what happens. Selfishly, there. selfishly, of course, got to be selfish. Uh, let's go to this star, the team that everybody knows, everybody wants to talk about. Uh, or not, apparently. I, I don't. <laughs> I never do. Uh, Dallas, nine and a half is the total, plus 175 is the odds to win the division. Interesting moves for the Cowboys, big time moves. They traded for Brandon Cooks, who's had a thousand yards on like every team he's ever played on. Uh, they traded for Stephon Gilmore, who kind of reinvented himself last year late in the season, um, adding Ronald Jones to the running back room now that Zeke is off the table. So he'll replace him with Tony Pollard. Kind of interesting dynamic there. Um, obviously, we talked about they lose Zeke. They lose Dalton Schultz at the tight end position. They replace that in the draft with Schoonmaker out of Michigan. Um, they drafted some interesting kids here. Mazzy Smith I wasn't crazy about as their first-round pick. Um, but, you know, Dallas is Dallas right now. I think if CeeDee Lamb – continues to have as good of a career as he's had. Brandon Cook supplements him, doesn't have to do as much. I think they're pretty much the same. That That's exactly what I have written down here. It's just it feels, it feels lateral. There was additions, there was subtractions, but it just doesn't, like if I'm looking around, like did any of the, you know, any of the brooms get better and just the offensive defense, did they get significantly better? Uh, they're making a transition in offensive coordinator now with, uh, is it Shoemaker? Schottenheimer, sorry. Um, so I just don't know if they got better. It feels lateral at most. And one thing that I'm kind of trying to key on, and it feels it's gone away a little bit, but the, the Cowboys kind of start to rise to be like playoff contention. It's all built on the O-line and the O-line. And it's like, you know, they lose Connor McGovern. Is the O-line something to start worrying about? Tyron Smith is in his 12th season now. He's mm -hmm. very injury prone. 
Is it a is it a unit they can rely on as much, especially with a new offense coming in? Very interested to key onto that O line and see if they start to lose their kind of top ten PFF ranking they've had for the past seven eight years. It's always been built through that. I think they need a big jump from the kid they drafted out of Tulsa last year that had to play for Tyron yeah. Smith. Um, they need him to have a, a big jump either at right tackle or left tackle. That's going to be the whole move. And again, we're going to be at the same story. Can Dak deliver when it matters most? You're not having – it's no more Kellen Moore. There's no more excuses for Dak. Like he's got an offensive coordinator that's proven, and not that Kellen Moore is like the worst offensive coordinator ever. But, you know, I think he was criticized a lot, namely by me, one of those people. But I think I think at this point in his career – how much more time does Dak have? How much more? How many more chances is he going to get at the bite of the apple before his career is Philip Rivers? I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, it, this just feels like too good of a transition. I don't care anymore to say about the Cowboys, but it feels like again, our theme of AFC was no more free lunches. Uh, that very much goes particularly for Dak and the next quarterback for the next team on our mm. list. If we could go to the New York Giants. How good are you? How good are you at this? Like Daniel Jones is uh, exactly what we've always kind of thought about him, athletically underrated, uh, but still just really a manager with with a coach that has really enhanced all of his talents. We've talked about this at nauseum. And what do they do? They decide to give him a $45 million contract or $40 million contract not paying Saquon Barkley, who is really more of a weapon, and just putting him on the franchise tag. Now, I get it. They had to make the big sign with Dexter Lawrence. Like, he's obviously the anchor of that defensive line. Understandable. And, and, you know, you had to re-sign a lot of people here. But the guys that they added, I mean, outside of Darren Waller, who is Darren Waller, Darren Waller, you know, we'll see. If he puts in the in the in the uh, in the effort, I think Dable won't let him get away with anything. But Darren Waller is a great piece to have, no question. Outside of that, I don't see a ton of improvement here from a lot of this, uh, especially the defensive roster. It's more depth pieces: the Bobby Okereke's, the Ashawn Robinsons, like B to C players that are just going to be rotational guys. Didn't love their first-round pick in Deontay Banks. I know a lot of people are high on him. I was not uh, the corner out of Maryland. You could you could argue whatever you want. The Giants are going to count on developmental players this year, the young guys continuing to develop and taking that step forward. But it's a different game now that people know that you think you're good. And I think that the Giants, we talked about last year, the luck will run out. No more free lunch is right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like – you might be able to say, you know, like I said, Paris Campbell and Jameson Crowder coming in, you know, lateral loop for Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. Obviously, Waller's the one upgrade you mentioned, but it's like you could kind of say they have better weapons, but they're still not good. Like they are better than last year, but they had nobody last year. I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely nobody at all. Dable in his second year maybe doesn't have that get over the hump feel. Maybe, maybe it's not e- so easy to keep going year two. When you had a negative six point differential in 2022, you may, you know, make the playoffs, but you had a negative point differential in the regular season. Maybe it's not so easy to win those lopsided games with, with just effort. And also just the bounce is not going your way. We talked so many times last year about the amount of things that were uh, on, you know, 
the skinnier teeth that they won those games by uh, and the bounce is just going their way. So I just still look at this roster again. It's like, I just don't have a ton of faith in it. Just like we didn't last year. Yeah. I mean, you're hundred percent right. I mean, I, I can see myself in like week 15 trying to find Wandale Robinson to sign on my fantasy team because that's the last wide receiver standing here. I mean, I just, I, I can't get my head around it. And that's why they're six to one to win this division. And their number is seven and a half. I think it's, I mean, the market sees what the market sees. Giants fans can see what they want to see, but you can't be wearing those big blue rose-colored glasses. You know what I mean? So, and as we as we go forward, is there any hope for this final team? We got we we finally got the team sold, right? I mean, we we we're finally you know free of the Snyder stink. You know, six and a half wins is the total, plus a thousand to win this division. That seems like a lot. You know, I mean, that seems like pretty low and I get they're not probably going to win this division but my gosh I mean are they worse than the Giants and and their quarterback situation I get they're going to go with Sam Howell is what it sounds like but I mean overall their roster seems at least comparable does it not yeah and obviously I mean who knows what that does with inside the team the organization with Dan Snyder being gone the regime I've said that's the win of the offseason as a as a Washington fan which I believe they are now also getting rid of uh, the commanders is, is the rumor. Is that, was that the rumor? Like, was that it's deep fake or okay? I, I would love to go back to the football team for one more year and then change it again. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> uh, just keep making new jerseys every single year. Get that <laughs> Exactly. It's a good, that's a good sign of a new owner. Um, <laughs> so uh, obviously addition by subtraction, finally getting rid of Carson Wentz. Uh, and, and you know, I, it's, we just, they got to figure out the quarterback. You've got some pieces in there. I, I, yeah, I don't know what to expect out of Washington. They are a team that just feels like they exist in the NFL. <laughs> and they're going to be maybe, maybe right around 500 at best. That's a great way to describe them. They just exist. Like that's, that's literally all they just float in the universe. Week 10, 10 to 12. There might be, you know, when the in the hunt graphs come out, it's going to be like Washington could, but no, I just, yeah. I Washington just don't see is it. sitting at five and seven. In the hunt. In the hunt still. Because the the NFC is disgusting. They will definitely be in the graphic through week 15. Wait for that Sunday night football. Just watching Steve Kornacki. Well, they have a percentage, but it's like less than 1%. Like, it's it's election night. Um, They add Jacoby Brissett as a backup. Who knows who's playing? Where the frick does Carson Wentz end up? I mean, does he is he is he going to play in this league? Like the Arizona, Arizona could use a quarterback. Like, can't they? Is he that bad? The Arizona rattlesnakes and the S and the XFL could use him. <laughs> oh, once upon a dream. Okay, um, what's the play? I, I think this is so disgusting. I have maybe two, but I want to hear you first. Minus one twenty Eagles to win the division. I mean, we we normally like to take value, but I'm I'm mad when when you wrote up these notes, it, they were still at like even money or plus one hundred five. I'm like hammer that, but obviously things you know, I think people have kind of realized that this Change. division is not going to be so good. Uh, I, I and then outside of that, as far as outside of a division winner, Giants under eight and a half. I just don't. Yeah. I, I just don't think that the ball is going to bounce quite their way all the time, and it does feel very. They're in New York sports. Lewis, I know you're, you're not quite a Giants fan, but you know the New York sports that uh-huh. we gave Danny Dimes the chance. Let's give him the big contract and, like, just a big old egg in his first year of that contract. I could feel it coming. 
No, I yeah. <laughs> the work <laughs> media. What do you want? I, I don't. I didn't know if you wanted me to pipe in a little conspiracy theory for you. I say it all the time. New York teams don't have to be good. They're normally not, right? True. They just so. have to be good every once in a while. Once in a while, keep you interested, keep you from jumping yeah. off the bridge. That's it. You know, <laughs> yeah, you, know. Again, you made the playoffs last year. We're going in hibernation for at least five to six years. It's now. insane how much they overreact. It's insane. So it, it, it boggles the mind, but yeah, it gives him a chance to say, remember Phil Sims, how great he was. Like that's pretty much all they, all it gives him a chance to talk about giants under seven and a half. It's actually moved to seven and a half, eight in some places. So it's wild, uh, it's wobbling in a lot of different areas right now, but I would probably say uh, some part of me just says Eagles under 11 and a half. Like I just, really? some part of me just says they're going to be good, but they'll struggle. Like there will be some struggle. There'll be some, I know we said it like about the Bengals too last year and that didn't happen, but you know, I, I think some regression might take, because what they won 14 games last year. I mean, that's a lot of games to win. And yeah, but um, they only got to win 12. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, I, I I would think about it. I would think about Eagles under 11.5, but I feel better about Giants under 7.5. Uh, NFC South, let's go to that one. If you want to talk about a division. Holy Take smokes. your pick. Take your pick of those quarterbacks, Matthew. This is, I mean, this is a, a, a nightmare of a division. Not not <laughs> only like, like most have rookies or second-year players, you know, it's like two teams have, have, have you know, there's a rookie, a second-year player, and then the backups behind them are Ooh. all hilarious. The Tampa Bay quarterback battle is insanity. The clip's coming out on Instagram this week. Of <laughs> six consecutive passes being incomplete from each quarterback. Oh. just unbelievable. It has fallen off a cliff in Tampa. It is just from going from what they had to what they have now is like – can you get any worse than that? And what's crazy is the guy they had before was pick 199, and the guy they have now was pick one. And it is so much worse. So it's it's incredible. But let's start uh, let's start in Carolina. That's why I'm just going to spin the wheel, and I'm just going to go to Carolina because they're obviously working in a new coach, a rookie quarterback. Um, they also signed Andy Dalton to back up that rookie quarterback, so they're getting some – they literally they lost three quarterbacks off the roster, um, Mayfield, Darnold, and PJ Walker. So it's a brand new quarterback room there. Shuffle the deck. Yeah, literally shuffle the deck. Additions now. People said after they traded DJ Moore for the number one pick that they had zero at wide receiver, but they did add DJ Chark. They did add Adam Thielen. They did add Demir Bird as you know probably fifth receiver. Hayden Hurst comes in, so they did address it. They also Miles. drafted they, – they drafted Miles Jonathan – they got Miles Sanders to go with Chuba Hubbard. Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss, this rookie, I, I, I love him. I mean, I love him. I think he's going to be really, really special. I think, I think he's going to be the one that we say, how did we miss on that guy? I really like what he brings to the table. Um, but then they add a couple players on defense, the Von Bell in the secondary, uh, Tuttle at the, at the tackle position, D-tackle position. So they already had a good defense. This is about bringing Bryce Young. Do you know the last quarterback that was a rookie to start the season and win their division one? Cam Newton? Not quite. We just talked about him in the last segment. That would be one 
Dakota Prescott. Oh yeah. In 2016. So it's been a while since a rookie quarterback has won. And I know we could say Brock Purdy, but he didn't really start last year for most of the season. So um yeah, Dak Prescott was the last one to do it. In this division, doesn't it seem ripe for that to happen? I mean, their win totals at seven and a half. They're plus 370 to win the division. They have a great defense. They've got a really, really well-roomed rookie quarterback with a quarterback guru at the helm. What do you say? I mean, are they a sleeper? This feels like the most wide-open division uh, uh, of this side, both Souths. I mean, we mentioned the AFC yeah. South outside of you've got Jacksonville maybe separating themselves with the crowd, but still Jacksonville. But both the South divisions feel very wide open. Um, I mean, they set the floor for Bryce Young as well as they could. It feels like, you know, with, with you know, in the divisions, you mentioned they already have a good defense. You know, they've got Brian Burns, Shaq Thompson, JC Horn. You know, it's how fast can Bryce Young get going? How fast is it going to take him to get to the speed of the NFL? It's, it's like they can't. Can you stumble out of the gates one in four, one in five, and then really turn it on? Probably not. You know, it may, maybe, maybe you can go one in five and still find it down <laughs> the stretch in this division. You could still get to nine wins that way. And, and so it's just going to be how fast they go. If they can go 500 through the first half of their schedule, that's a big win for them. I agree. I, I think if they get to 500 through week eight, there's a shot. Anybody gets to 500 through week eight. There's a shot to win this division. That's true. I mean, it's – but it's going to matter deep down, like, who has the depth of the, at the defensive and on the D-lines and the O-line, and they addressed the O-line last year. So we'll see what happens with Carolina. Let's go to your favorite team, huh? Let's go to the Birds. Let's go to Atlanta. Come on now. <laughs> that's the shock that I'm saying. This is just – I mean, it's been happening, obviously, since Arthur Smith got there, but – identity change like these aren't your grandfather's falcons anymore i'll tell you that look i'll tell you that right now i mean this is a running offense now this is a running offense and i mean they added some old pieces on the defensive side but they add bud dupree calais campbell trey flowers the corner like are they just gonna play hard nose run the football and strong defense in atlanta it just feels so wrong i don't know about i mean I'm seeing – look, you're right. They added a lot of players on defense, like they're a old. lot of players. But they're old. This is so a nursing old. home. I mean, this is – Calais Campbell is like 150. He's a sea turtle. I mean, David Anyamata with the, the, from the Saints comes over at the end. We're going to trade for, for Jeff Akuda once upon a time, the third pick overall in the draft for the Lions. I like Jesse Bates. He's a good player. Mike Hughes – Trey Flowers, I mean, these are all B players to play on the most blah team. Like, it's – you can do it all you want. You can sign, you know, whoever you want to sign. Um, I still just don't see any real change offensively without seeing Desmond Ritter take a massive, massive step. I mean, where are we going – with this team, if Desmond Ritter is going to be Desmond Ritter, like what what would we call Desmond Ritter? A poor man's Ryan Tannehill? Can it be worse than that? I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I need to see the step up, and I just, you know, I could see Taylor Heineke starting games. 
I was just gonna say you, you pull you pull a rip cord and you pull make the Heineke yeah. you pull the Heineke button out and like make them <laughs> they can come in. Did it like did I think the Lions have to like give the, the Falcons like a second round pick to date Jeff Akuda? Like I like he's like I can't believe that he's on that team. Um, yeah, I know it, it's like there's the pieces you know kind of in place in offense as far as I mean definitely not to be a high flying offense which I don't know if Desmond Ritter is capable of of commanding but being a shifty run first obviously I mean they did it with an aging Cordero Patterson last year, who's just still one of the most, the biggest enigmas of the league to figure out he's a good running back at like 32 years old, but you bring in who everybody says is generational talent and Bijan Robinson, who, you know, talking as little as seven, eight years ago, probably would have been the number one overall pick in the draft um, at where he was, but it's a different league now trying to zag where people are zagging. I don't know. I mean, this really, really falls on the shoulders of Desmond Ritter. I just thought you might I thought you might like the Falcons this year being like, we're gonna run the ball and we're gonna play defense. Like there's like no aerial threats here. It feels like that's like you got Kyle Pitts. Oh we got Kyle Pitts. We got, we got Kyle, Kyle Pitts, Pitts though. Maybe the hey. biggest fantasy disappointment I know I, I drafted him. Oh yeah um, oh did you know? Yes I did. Kyle Pitts? We got Kyle Pitts so it's all fine. Like, I've been here for two years. I mean, it's <laughs> ridiculous. And in no world, Matt, am I going to be high on a team? I mean, they have been broken since their Super Bowl appearance. I mean, broken. So I, I just, I'm sorry. They don't know how to zig. They don't know what zagging means. So in Atlanta, it's a Southern thing. They don't, they don't get it. This is a, this is a college football town here, not a pro football town. Holy smokes. I can't believe you called Clayus Campbell a sea turtle. That was, that's hilarious. <laughs> I love Clayus. I was one of the very few NFL players I've actually met. So um, I love that dude, but he's old as dirt now, man. I'm sorry. Time's passed. Time is, time has passed. No question. Let's get to the, maybe the worst team in the NFL. Are they the worst team in the NFL? You think they are? I don't know. I mean, let's, as far as win loss record, they got to be close, right? And six They're and close. Six and a half is low. Oh, yeah. There's another team we're going to talk about later that's pretty low, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, former Tampa Bay is now back into Tampa Bay. And now, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't just Tom. It's everybody who was there for the, the ring chasing that yeah. was like, peace out. I mean, look at the uh, Every running back on the team is gone. Like, it's like, and, and in all caps, Tom Brady. I mean, it starts and ends there. But like, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette is a still free agent. Gio Bernard. Julio wasn't doing much. They lose two good linemen in Donovan Smith and Shaq Mason. Um, defensively losing Akeem Hicks, losing Logan Ryan, losing Sean Murphy bunting. But they got Chase Edmonds, so that's something. I mean, I it's hard to look at this team and say, oh, my goodness, like where is the trajectory for them? But I'll say this, Matt. They still have talent. On the team, who has a better receiving core in this division than the Bucs? I mean, let's be honest. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, put that up against another team in this division's wide receiver core. I mean, who is getting them the football? Well, it's better than Desmond Ritter. It's big. I mean, it's, yes, it's, it's splitting hairs, Dan. I mean, no. splitting hairs. I mean, I, yeah. I just, I don't know. I think this is this could very much be the worst. I mean, the the quarterback room of Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, and John Wolford is <laughs> something else. 
We got two midgets and there's a giant guy that's never played in the NFL before. Just shout out to just this name's on my notes, and it'd be, we'd be unjust to not say that they drafted Yaya Diaby. Love Did him. I get that right? Love him. Love that kid. <laughs> Long arm, defensive end, like an outside linebacker, like the perfect modern linebacker. I like him out of Louisville. Good kid. Yes. Linebackers would turn everything around. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and they got a good backing crew. Too. They got Devin White. They still it's got Levante David. That's you know, that is crazy. I mean, those those guys must not have had any options to get out of there because they're. I mean, no. this this is another team too at the deadline that should be just shipping pieces off. Absolutely. If they are three and seven or three and three and five, like see you later. Yeah, because Evans, Godwin, David, like everybody is going to be. Yeah. Oh my God, Mike Evans on another team to to send somebody to a division title that would. Uh, we're going to talk about a team that desperately needs a wide receiver a little later. That could be one of them. I'm just saying. Uh, they're plus 550 to win the division. They're over under six and a half. I, we'll talk about it. Um, New Orleans Saints are the favorite to win this division at nine and a half wins. Plus 130 is the division uh, odds for them uh, on average. Obviously, it starts and ends with having Derek Carr come to the Saints, reunited with Dennis Allen. They add Jamal Williams, who is a great backup piece to Alvin Kamara. Um, they get three tight ends. They add a couple of pieces to replace some losses on the defensive side of the football. They lose on Yamada. They lose Tuttle. They lose Marcus Davenport, a former first-round pick. Um, supplemental pieces here and there. Again, I just don't see a lot of differences between this team and most of the other teams outside of their quarterback might work out. Um, that's just me. Uh, is Derek Carr enough to get this team over the hump? Yeah, it feels like you can give their quarterback at least a little bit, you know, it's the only one you can give the slightest benefit of the doubt to. That like, okay, he's at least been in the league and had some success at points. Like there's no other quarterbacks in this division that you could say that about. So um, you have to give them that. But again, like for me, it just feels like, I, I guess the Saints just like, they're just never that, like they're never sexy. They're never a team that like you look at, like they're going to be, uh, oh, look at how flashy they are and look at this potential. But like, they're also always the team that does everything right. Even even still, you know, it, with, with turning over from Sean Payton, it's still his coaching staff and, and that was there with him that whole time. And they still feel like they kind of are those, you know, Patriots South, maybe a lot of people will say that, you know, as far as like the team that kind of just is plotting, they're always going to be kind of in the mix, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like my first instant reaction was, and I've had this with the Saints past few years is like, I'm just, I'm out. Like they're just not, they don't do anything for me, but like in this division, just doing the things right. Like they could just find their way to like, could they not find their way to 10 wins? Obviously like, you know, win totals at nine and a half. And I think that makes, that speaks loudly. Like they just, try not to mess up instead you know before the other team and and they can win a lot of games having six six games against these teams i think the attractive thing about the saints is that their quarterback room is the best in this division i mean yeah. with Derek Carr and then Jameis backing him up you don't feel like you're ever out of it you know at least you, you could have Jameis start six seven eight games if you needed to so will michael thomas play football this year i honestly i do not care like, I mean, that guy just steals money from the team. It's insane. It, I mean, how many, again, same thing. How many years am I going to hear this again? 
it's the Kyle Pitts thing, you know? It's like, how many times are we going to go over this? Slant God. Slant God. Slant God. <laughs> Slant God. Guy breaks the reception record and falls off a cliff. Goodness. Uh, I do like Brian Brzee that they drafted first round, mm. but that's about it for them. Uh, outside of that, I didn't love their draft. Uh, what's the play? Boy, oh boy. It's, it sucks that all the, you know, like I said, feels like New Orleans is the one. To, I, I would bet Carolina to win the division. Yes, let's go. We're in I, I just feel like if there's a team to take a shot on here, clearly they have, like again, we said, they've had a good defense. They've got good players. They've got an elite pass rusher. They've got a guy in J.C. Horn who I think is going to, you know, he, he got a little shine last year. He's been battling injuries, but I think J.C. Horn's a really, really good corner in this league. Um, and I just think that they've got some of the pieces there. Uh, around Bryce Young, that if he can get it going and make it to 500 through week eight and just get this division. So are they still, from the notes I have here, it's plus 350. That probably has come down a little bit, I bet. So it's, I have it at plus 370. Okay. Um, as the average price that the the Falcons have been the one that come have come down. They've gone down from eight and a half to now eight is their average win total, uh, down from plus 210 to plus 40. So some things happening there with Atlanta, but I agree with you. I think Carolina, you know, you talked about dear, uh, Brian Burns, Derek Brown's still in the middle there. They got depth. Their secondary is really good. You mentioned JC Horn. I love uh, Jeremy Chin, the the safety. Yeah. I mean, he's a great player. They got a lot of good talent. I loved what they did in their draft. I think that we could have the, the for the first time in a while a rookie quarterback lead his team to a division title. I think that could definitely plausibly happen. Uh, my other one I'm thinking though is I, I kind of maybe think that the Bucks can get to seven wins. Like I think they're right there. I do think they're right there. You're asking Baker Mayfield to get seven wins. That's a low bar, Baker. It's a low bar. Like I think that they could do that with the talent on their team. Just think about sitting a whole season with your money relying on oh. again Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, John Wolford. <laughs> That's a painful ex- existence, Dan. Just, just, just think about it. Just trying to have some fun. That's all. But that doesn't sound like fun. No, you, you know what? <laughs> now that you're trying to talk me into it, it doesn't sound very fun. It doesn't sound fun uh, at all. Panthers plus 370, won the division. Let's stick uh, with that one. Let's stick with it. NFC North, let's go again to your other favorite team. We're starting out hot. Somehow, some way, Justin Fields will be the MVP this year. Why? Have we done enough to fix the offensive line? Have they added the pieces through free agency? He had the big man out of Tennessee, Darnell Wright. He's going to probably be their right tackle. Um, I just don't know. They made some additions, and I just don't know. Obviously, the trade for DJ Moore. We talked about that on the other end, Bryce Young. I think that is a legit number one wide receiver for him. So that is that is a big deal. Um, and every, did they, they still kept... God, the names escaped me for the wide receiver for Pittsburgh they got last year. What's his name? Uh, oh, Clay Chase. Clay Claypool. Yes, Chase Claypool. Um, I mean, he, you know, he was definitely not number one and was trying to play that role, but he is the deep shot guy if, if that's what they want to do. But the ever dynamic Justin Fields will still, still just hold me, hold me hostage this year because I've just seen him do so many great things that I can't help but watch him. Um, and yeah, did they do enough to the offensive line? That's one thing. I don't think they did enough to the defense. That's the problem. That's going to be the problem for the Bears this year. I think their defense is still hot garbage. It. I mean, a hundred. I mean, you look at 
the replace essentially Tremaine Edmonds is the replacement for Roquan Smith. So there you go with that. But we already had Ro- I mean, we already had Roquan Smith on the team. And Roquan so yeah, he probably is better in a lot of respects. Jermaine Edmonds is just younger. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm sorry. Like, I still just don't see this guy being able to lead. Look at the prices. Look at the prices of these. The Bears still are have the lowest record of these teams with the Packers at seven and a half. They're still the longest shot out here to win the division. I mean, I just – I try to read what Vegas may be thinking here, and I think they're probably overhyping. I think plus 380 is way too high for the Bears to be a divisional because they haven't really changed anything on the lines at all. They had Jalen Carter in their pocket right there. They moved back from the number one pick, and they drafted a, a tackle because they didn't have the stomach to draft Carter, who was the best player in draft. They could have gotten the picks and the player that they wanted, and they didn't have the stones to do it. And it just tells me the Bears haven't changed from an organizational standpoint. I I can't take it. I, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that at all. No, that's more. It's like that's like my passion project on the side. Like it's not. I'm not going to advise anybody to do this. This is my passion project. Forever alone on the on the Chicago Bears. Love that. Uh, how about the team that everybody hyped up? Hello, Detroit. You've won my heart. Everybody in America loves the Lions. They're nine and a half win total. They're plus 140 favorites to win the division. And why not? I mean, when you have a season like they had, biting off kneecaps left and right, you draft a running back in the first round, Jameer Gibbs, a playmaker. You get David Montgomery along with that. So now you got a one-two punch instead of just relying on Swift. You add Marvin Jones back into the mix. And you completely revamp the thing that hurt you the most last year, your secondary. Emmanuel Mosley, Cam Sutton, C.J. Garner-Johnson, all coming over. They draft Brian Branch, the safety out of Alabama, who I think still should have been a first-round pick. They get good old Jack Campbell uh, at the linebacker position, another first-rounder. That's like Dan Campbell probably saw his name as like, that is my son. He's an Iowa linebacker. He's corn-fed, and now he's going to get kneecaps for breakfast. That's that's why he drafted him, of course. I mean, you have the semblance of team here to possibly get it done. But again, it's on paper, and it's very similar. You say it all the time, Lewis, about the Jets. It's the Lions. If there's a worse, worse franchise than the Browns and the Jets and the other worst franchises. This is the most snake-bitten one. I hate that I'm, like, so sick of the Lions. Oh, no! Well, I just I, – I hate – I hate – I guess the public is just crazy. on. But No, I, I can't believe I, – I don't remember what I was going to say. You don't like the Lions anymore? This is crazy. No, I feel this like I just – it's like I felt like we were too sweet in the Lions last year. You know what I mean? I felt like the hype was crazy last year. They did – I mean, they played well. Yeah, but you guys were loving you some lines though. That <laughs> see, you can't like the Lions to win the division, but you can like them to go to the Super Bowl. Like if they do that, then you are all in on them, right? I mean, that would be amazing. That's really where you need your juice on the Lions. Yeah, I just hate, I mean, being the division favorite, being again the fourth highest odds to win the NFC conference, the <laughs> Detroit lions. What world are we in? 
I just don't. I just don't. The logo's killing me, and it's just the team. I get the roster on paper is one thing, but Jared Goff at quarterback. Yes, he got to a Super Bowl before. Not as good of a head coach as what he had before. Like, does Dan Campbell still have like the biggest imposter syndrome? Like, is he like I'm still doing this right now? Like, is this is this really happening? He's got to be shocked. I mean, he's got to. He's got to be. I, I'm sorry. I'll be all in on the Lions if you're not going to be. Like, I'm I'll carry. I'll carry the ship. I'll carry the ship. Like, I like the Lions. You know. Now, I mean, in terms of like a betting perspective, no. Like, obviously, there's no value on that, so I'm not going to make that pick. But if the Lions made the Super Bowl, that would be the biggest story in like NFL history. It would be ridiculous. You know, so I mean, that would be awesome. So I'm going to be all in. I'm going to be rooting for the Lions left and right. I'm going to be the kitty cat and roaring all the way. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to carry this podcast. And it was the Lions podcast last year. We're going to continue to be. And I think you'll come around. I think once the season starts going, you'll be like, and you'll see how they act and how they play. You'll be like, all right, I'm back. Look, I'm going to bet their overs every game still because it's still going to be, you know, <laughs> 60 point totals in those games. Like, it's going to be great. Yeah, but. Uh, I certainly won't be betting them to win the division. I will definitely be taking a chance on somebody else to win this division as them being the favorites. It feels like yeah. a, a great opportunity to take a shot. Good idea. Um, a team that has completely, completely changed. The Green Bay Packers made exactly zero free agency signings this offseason. Count them, Zero. I looked and I went and I tried to do the notes on this and I looked it up and I said, did they not sign anybody? They literally signed. Now imagine your team sitting there the entire offseason and not signing a single person. After losing a top five quarterback in the NFL. Of all time. Of all time. I mean, not only do they lose one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play, but they lose three starting receivers. They lose their starting tight end. They lose two starting defensive tackles. They lose a safety. And we're going with, if you go on the rlads.com and look at the depth charts of the Green Bay Packers, every rookie of every depth chart is highlighted in green. There's a lot of green on the Packers side, especially at the wide receiver position. You have two starters, your best two players, our second-year players and Dobbs and Watson, everybody else, you're going with a rookie. You're going with a rookie at tight end, two rookies actually at tight end. You're going with rookies, three, four, five wide receiver. It's tough. It's tough. Yes, they still have their defense. Was their defense like that great, that shut down? I don't think so. It all depends on number 10 now. Yeah, I mean – the way offenses will play against that defense being more willing to take risks and not say we can't give Rodgers the ball with in, in this side of field position. We have to, you know, we have to punt here. We, we've got to get a couple first downs. We've got to move the ball. Like, I mean, I mean, we've already seen it. We're going to see coaches going for it, you know, all the time on fourth down in their own territory going against this team because they're not, they're not confident Jordan loves going to move the ball. I mean, this is like Matt LaFleur is on the hot seat like like what are you made of big guy like were you just oh. were you just here because Aaron Rodgers or are you actually a legitimate head to head coach 
Like he has bullseyes on him right now. Oh, that is a that is a statement right there. I, You're I right. Just, there. I mean, I feel like it is, right? Is it not? You're 100. percent You're 100 percent right. People were talking about him as as a top, very top, you know, top five, you know, maybe not top five, top ten NFL head coach creeping up there. Like this guy's really good. He's you know innovative, but it's like. He doesn't have to – you can only do so much with what you have, but, like, this is a big test for him. But this is what the Packers have always been. They have never signed free agents. They have always relied on developmental talent. And them going after the the, the kid from Iowa at the D-tackle position, them going after two tight ends, one of which I like. Uh, they got a receiver in the draft from Michigan State that I also really like. But, you know – this is going to be a lot of Mexican matching and trying to figure out, is this enough to win a division with this young of a team? And then what is Jordan Love? Like the past previous years, we saw Jordan Love in some games and he stunk. And then last year he came in against Kansas City and he came against Philadelphia and he played really well. So what are we getting out of Jordan Love is the question I just want to use your love tonight because that's I want to see this kid play. I really, really, really do. Name that band. Can you name that band? Lou's got it. I don't want to use your Damn. love tonight. I don't want to use your love. Lose your love. Oh, Lose yeah. I, I who is it? The outfield. Oh um, no, mm. that that's one. Of, I knew the song as soon as you said it again. No, I know that's an artist. Like, come on, I'm not getting that. That was a one hit wonder. I'm yeah. one off. Yeah. yeah, my bad. Uh, perhaps the luckiest team in the NFL last year was the Minnesota Vikings. What was it? Eleven of their thirteen wins last year came within one score. Yeah. Their their win total set at eight and a half. They're plus three hundred. To win this division. Yet still, there are question marks about who will be playing for them this season. Because we've heard now rumors that Dalvin Cook might be on the the trade block with them being in cap trouble. They add Marcus Davenport. They add Dean Lowry to a defensive line that needed help. They also add Troy Reader and Byron Murphy in the secondary. But perhaps the biggest add of all is who will be coaching their defense. And that is one Brian Flores. That's a big move for a team that needs a big shot of adrenaline into their defense, needs to play better. They also had to re-up on the offensive side of the ball. A direct replacement for Adam Thielen will be Jordan Addison, their first-round pick. They still have a lot of weapons here, but is the luck how, – how far does the luck factor fall out of the floor here for this team? Are they still a championship contender? Yeah, I mean, we, we have to put them in the same category as the Giants. They were kind of the teams that we talked about in that way last year as far as just kind of, again, getting behind the skin of their teeth and they, they can't keep getting away with this kind of thing. But I don't know. I, I do agree that that addition of Brian Flores makes me look at this team very, very differently because, um, you know, you've already got O'Connell running the offense and, like, I, by all means, that worked, I think, pretty well last year for the most part, and now it's second year in. Not the, the other interesting, not only is who was playing this year, but like, I mean, Kirk Cousins make it or break it year as well, right? Absolutely. I mean, this is this is easily be his be. last year in Minnesota because we just again we can't. How long are we going to keep doing this? Uh, him and Dakota kind of in that same same field, um, and it just does feel like Brian Flores in this division as as the DC ad 
kind of maybe makes me feel like I like them more than the Lions. You're not asking Brian Flores to do too much by playing against this division. Against Jordan Love, who we really don't know. Against Justin Fields, who is going to run the ball could well. Figure out. Gonna, you could figure gonna, out. Is he going to throw it well? And then Jared Goff, you know what you're going to get from him. I mean, he dominated in the Super Bowl. Oh, my God. I mean, they just destroyed him. So um, I, I do feel a lot more confident in this team because of Flores being on the defensive side of the ball. It's just going to be about who's in charge, right? Like, who's in charge? You need that kind of chain of command, and O'Connell better demand it because that's the thing that could derail this team. What's the play in this division? I, I'm, I'll take – Two shots on this division, the winner. Uh, Minnesota right now, as far as what I'm seeing on my DraftKings, is plus 250 and Chicago plus 400 because oh. eight eight wins could win this division this year. Nine, eight, to, eight or nine wins is going to win this division this year if, if, the, if the lines fall off. Like, I'm going to take a chance on them. And then as far as an over-under, I would take Packers under 7.5 minus one. Really? Okay. Uh, there's just so many question marks. I don't know what to do here. I was I almost had nothing on this because I, I don't like this pick. I think by default, I do think that the Vikings can get the nine wins. I do absolutely think that. Their over-under is eight and a half. 13 wins, yeah, that was way too lucky. Are they going to regress by five games? I mean, that's a lot of games, especially knowing he's gone. Aaron Rodgers. He's gone. Like, there's nothing to worry about anymore. My other one is is Chicago because Chicago under seven and a half because how are we getting from three wins to eight wins? I mean, you only play the guy two times a year. Like, we're, there's still the other teams. Like, um, I just don't see it here. Maybe you get two more wins with him gone. Maybe one more win with him gone. Where are the other wins coming from? Eight wins feels like a lot for the Bears to make that jump in one year. Yeah, that's fair. I, I can take that again. Passion project. Passion project. I love it. It's beautiful. It's going to be one day in 50 years. It'll be a beautiful sculpture. Um, final division. This is a tricky one. NFC West. We've got two teams that seem to be right at the height of their powers, or at least ascending. And then we've got two teams that we really just are – I don't know if they field a football team, either of these two teams next year. We'll see if they can. Let's start at the top with the 49ers. Another heartbreaker, another heartbreaking NFC championship loss for the second year in a row, this time with rookie Brock Purdy injured. So what do they do? They bring in Sam Darnold. They add him to the mix. They already have Trey Lance. Word is that Trey Lance is getting all the reps at first team of the OTAs, which makes a lot of sense, of course, because they have so much invested in him. The big move for me with the 49ers is they get Javon Hargrave. That is the big signing that they made to add to an already dominant defensive line. They also had Cleveland Farrell, former first-round pick. They replaced Mike McGlinchey with John Feliciano. They have a lot of talent on this team. They're going to have to do what they've been doing for the past couple of years, and that's having this roster carry that quarterback, and that quarterback just not turn them all over. Yeah, I, I just can't – could always just can't not love this team, like even with their quarterback carousel. But that's just who they are. It's who they – it's what they've been for the past few years anyway, and they've been very successful. The defense is going to be, I, I think, off the charts like normal. As far as their front seven goes, 
what and, and they're gonna run the hell out of the football. I mean, that's they're gonna do that. What do you what do we think of their secondary though? Like you said, Manuel Mosley gone, a couple of you know, I just their secondary was kind of already their weakness last year, too. Slightly, but I think the more important thing outside of their secondary is losing D'Amico Ryans and losing that kind of consistency. They bring in Steve Wilkes, who was a former head coach of the Cardinals, who's been a DC for a long time. So he's there. I look at their secondary. It's not super different. I mean, Talanoa Hufunga was an all-pro player last year. He was on the first-team all-pro team. I mean, that's a great safety to have, right? Traverius Ward, another guy that's been in the league a long time. They bring in Isaiah Oliver. I mean, yes, it's not it's not ripe with the names that you're used to seeing, but when have they been ripe with the names you're used to seeing? Who's been their best corner on their team? Jason Verrett for the last couple of years? I mean – I just think this team plays within the system, the cover two, cover three system. Um, look, they're a zone defense. They play it well. They do it well. And the reason they can do it well is because they have a great defensive line. That's what their whole MO is going to be about. I don't have any concern about that. My concern 100% is can Trey Area be the dude, be the guy we all saw in out of, coming out of college? He has to be it. Like there is no more room for him. It's this year where we're making a trade. We're trading somebody big time for first-round pick, and we're holding on hope that we get one of those quarterbacks next year because it can't keep getting away with this. Yeah. No, I mean, it's the rest of the team is – I think we, we, we like the rest of the team outside of the quarterback room for the most part. I mean, it's just the most important position is going to be the problem for them. I mean, the Sam Darnold, like a terrible – like if Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy can get to an NFC championship, can't Sam Darnold? I feel like he can. It's fair. It's fair. It's Let's fair point it. to bring up. Let's see it happen, Lewis. Sammy D in the Bay Area in an NFC title game. In the Super Bowl where he plays the Jets. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Against Aaron Rodgers' childhood team. That's it, Lou. That's the crystal ball right there. Sam Darnold playing for the Niners versus Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl. That would be insane. Oh That'd be gosh. miserable. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be, oh. That would be incredible. That would be incredible. Uh, let's go to the next team, Seattle. Seattle, eight and a half wins is their total, plus 250 to win the division. Big moves on the defensive line. Draymond Jones from the I think the, uh, the Broncos, Gerard Reed from the Packers comes over. Bobby uh, Wagner is back at linebacker along with Devin Bush. Really the big re-signs for Geno Smith and Drew Locke, so they bring their quarterbacks back. And they also add to their wide receiver core. You have DK Metcalf, you got Tyler Lockett, and now you add Jackson Smith and Jake, but beautiful moves. Adding Devin Witherspoon to go along with Tariq Woolen. Don't look now, Matthew. Seattle, maybe a little lot to win this division. Definitely feels like they could be the trendy pick out of most people to if you're going to pick one team in this division to upset San Fran against second second favorite to win the conference. Uh, that would be the shot to take, but uh, it's going to be a lot of faith in Gino again. I mean, Gino was doubted for the most part of last year. I think maybe by the second half of the season, we said, okay, this is we have to finally start taking this as legit. But it's hard to do year after year. It's always it's not so easy in this league uh, to keep repeating. So I just don't know. I, I really don't know how I feel about them. Um, their running back room, you, they've got Ken Walker and they've got Zach Charbonnet who they draft. But 
Um, I, you know, I think Penny was a good player for them for a lot of that. And I feel like it's so essential to their offense is to be able to run the football. I mean, it's all really setting up the play action pass with Gino. So um, as long as Ken Walker can stay healthy, uh, that should be okay. But I, I just, I know this is another team. They're just kind of where they were last year. We won't say they're going to be the worst team in the league like we did last year. And we're very wrong about, um, but I still have, I still have just question marks around them. I like them. I actually like yeah. them a lot. Like I think that they're prime now. Like they realized how much better they were than, than they were last year. I, I really like this team. Um, I'm just not sure we even really need to discuss Rams and, and the and the Cardinals, unless you would like to, because for the Rams, I believe the Rams had 51 players actually signed to their roster before the draft. They had to fill out a nine-man roster. Like every one of the players that will be coming onto the team, like you have a real shot if you get drafted by the Rams or you get a call as an undrafted player from the Rams to make the division or make the team because they don't have anybody. I mean, I went and I looked at their secondary after Jalen Ramsey's gone. I'm like, I don't know any of these players. Like, I legitimately do not know the players on the Rams outside of Aaron Donald, the linemen, Stafford, Cooper, and the wide receivers. I mean, I just don't know any of them. Just incredibly top heavy. I mean, they've been top heavy the past couple of years, but like, you know, in worse shape now. I mean, the, the trading of all of the draft picks is catching up for sure. Um, like you said, because not only they're they're trying to fill up forty guys in that roster, yeah, you said forty guys or fifty guys on the roster already signed. They didn't have a pick to the third round, right? Yeah. Or, or so second, it's like second round. They're the second round pick. Second round, but it's like no, nobody of high value is coming in to fill in some of those spots. Like, yeah, I, I don't know about them. I really don't. The, the Steve Avila was our first. Pick. He was a, ta- a guard out of TCU. He's a pretty yeah. decent player. Big fellow. Ah, big fellow. But I, I just. I got nothing on them, and you know that's why they're they're. I mean, another team that's going to be if, if if they don't trade Cooper Cup or, or Aaron Donald. I mean, what are we doing here? You know, I mean, I'm not sure they're going to trade Aaron Donald. I'm not sure if he's going to want to be traded. Um, he'll just retire at that point. I mean, do you think the Packers don't need a guy like Cooper Cup on their team right now? Like, I think they would make that trade in a heartbeat. Yeah, but it's. I think it's just one of those trades that they're going to make that it's like there's no way for either of those guys you will never be able to get the proper value in return for what they are as a player. Like you're going to have to take a discount because people just know, like other teams know that you have no use for them anymore. You know what I mean? It's just you lose, you're going to lose all of your trading power as far as like, yeah, you can keep holding on to them and Aaron Donald will probably retire a Ram because he's already talked about it for the past two, three off seasons since they won the Super Bowl. And, and then Cooper Cup, like how do you get returned for – a top three wide receiver in the league. Maybe it's, the best wide receiver it's in the league. tough. I mean, they traded Allen Robinson. They're paying him $17 million a year. They traded him for a seventh-round pick and are paying $10 million of the contract. I mean, it's that that's a steal for a team like Pittsburgh. So it's tough. And then with Arizona, I mean, it's almost hilarious to, to look at the quarterback room of David Blow, Jeff Driscoll, Colt McCoy, they got the kid Clayton Toon out of Houston, who was the one quarterback outside of the top two that I really liked. Um, yeah. and, our, Again, and our favorite Kyler Murray. And our favorite Kyler Murray who won't be playing. So it's like, uh, what do you want me to say? Like, you want me to tell you everything's okay? It's mostly peaceful, except it's all burning down behind you. I mean, 
It's bet 2,400, plus 2,400 to win the division. Four and a half is the win total. Yuck. Wow, it's down to four. So when you made these notes, it was five and a half. That's crazy. It's down to four and a half. Yeah, I, I mean, mm-hmm. talk about team to bet on is the worst in the league for sure. Number one contender for the number one pick. Uh, feels like feels like a tank job. We, t- we mentioned uh, with Tennessee tanking in the AFC. Feels like they're tanking in the the uh, the, the AFC. Yeah, the NFC. Agreed. What's the point? Yikes! Uh, you're gonna you you <laughs> go you, you go first. Tell me you, you you're gonna have a Seahawks pick because you just you just told me like a lot. Yeah, but Rams under six and a half is probably my favorite. I mean, I just don't see them getting the seven wins. I, I just uh, by the t- they don't have any professional football players on their team. Like it's yeah. it's Aaron Donald and the Super Bowl hangover team. I mean, in Cooper Cup, and that's it. And is Stafford even gonna make it through the whole season? I don't know. You know, I mean, that's just – it's a lot to ask for for them. I do like the Seahawks plus 250, though, to win the division. I think that's a possibility with – with take a shot in the dark. with If San Francisco's quarterbacks go south, I mean, what are they going to do? I'll have a play in this division when we talk about conference winners. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Before we do it, let's go MVP. Let's get a long shot MVP or – I mean, there's not too many that aren't long shots MVP outside of Jalen Hurts, so – you know, what's your play here? Do you have an MVP in this conference? Honestly, you, you started up. I'm trying to pull up the odds right now so I can look at them. Okay. My, my thing's reloading. I'll, I'll tell you right now. In 2017, Mahomes came into the league. He didn't play much. He played in one game. And then 18, he came out and guns blazing won the MVP. In 2019, Lamar Jackson only really started the playoff game the year before. Didn't play a lot under Joe Flacco. Comes out 2019, wins the MVP. I think we're due for a, a breakout person here that has not played much in his career. And that's why I'm hanging on. I'm hanging on to Jordan Love. I'm, I'm going to take Jordan Love 50 to 1 to win to MVP. If I'm going to take a long shot on an MVP, I'm taking Jordan Love. And honestly, I think 50 to 1 is pretty low for Jordan Love, considering he's never played in a, in a professional game. Last year, you were able to get Trevor Lawrence at seventy to one. Last year to win the MVP, Jordan loves fifty to one this year. I don't know. Maybe somebody in Vegas knows something that I don't. I think Jordan Love is going to surprise some people. I think he's got a chance to win this division, and I think maybe just maybe the Packers strike gold again for the third straight time. Maybe just maybe, maybe just maybe. You already know Justin Fields is on the card. I mean, Justin Fields is going to be on the card. <laughs> 14 to 1. We're going to put it in there. And I thought you were going to go for another guy that hasn't played a lot of football, but is super dynamic and is on a team that's actually favored to do very, very well. Trey Lance, 35 to 1. I mean, I know it's it, he's got to stay healthy. He's got to show anything on the field, but he's he's the creme de la creme of, of potential. Of potential. <laughs> I mean, there's so much potential there. I don't know what we could buy with potential, but they bought an MVP ticket for me, that's for sure. If we had if we if, if you could put a value on the potential of Trey Lance, you'd you'd be you'd, he's like the Elon Musk of potential in yeah, his team. Exactly. He's, he's, a, he's valued at a you know it's a it's a very valuable startup that actually hasn't done anything, but man, they've got that potential. They really they really do. They're like that one of the, the new electric car companies. They haven't sold any cars, but we're we're like ten <laughs> billion dollars. Um, that's hilarious. 
Uh, yeah, man, I, I get it. No, I, I'm all in on the quarterbacks that have not played yet. Like, why not? They haven't played yet. We don't know what they are. They'll take the league by storm. You know? Yeah. Uh, championship odds to the NFC championship. We go. Who gets to the Super Bowl? Well, you going to take a shot with somebody or are you like uh, one of the favorites? I mean, I, I will be betting uh, San Francisco plus 425 to win the NFC conference. I mean, I feel like so you just, you know, sec- second favorite to the Eagles at plus 250. So I think that's, you know, worth taking a chance on. And you had me thinking like Seahawks, I kind of like that maybe to win the conference as well. Now you got me thinking about that a little bit. I just want to maybe fade, maybe fade myself a little bit and just take the Saints. I feel like the Saints at Ooh. thirteen to one, the team that could just be the good old boys that can just do everything right and just kind of find their way and maybe play some good playoff football. Might be crazy to talk about Derek Carr getting there in the first year, but as far as value, like I just don't want to go any for like Vikings at fourteen to one, Giants twenty five to one, and then the Atlanta Falcons are the. Tied for like the eight guy for the eight highest odds. Like this, this conference is so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. What are the Seahawks at? Uh, eleven to one on DraftKings. On DraftKings. So I've seen them anywhere from eleven to one to sixteen to one. Yeah. Uh, depending on where you look, you can get a sixteen to one ticket on the eight and the Seattle Seahawks. A coach that's been there before with a team that's got the roster to do it. You take a chance. Are the 49ers going to stay as healthy as they have been, you know, the last couple of years? I like Seattle. I just I like them a lot here to 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 be able to break through. They've got some young talent that people don't know about that are, that are really going to shine. I like Seattle a lot. I could see. I mean, I could, you, you've talked me into it. I, I could see a little bit more of the Seahawks this year. Believe it. Believe in the 12th man. I promise you, it'll, it'll be worth your while. All right. Well, that's the full NFC show, NFC free agency. Matty Ice, appreciate it, my man. Playoff hockey, NHL finals. You got anything on that? So I like I like Knights and the Stanley Cup. And as much as I, I think the Denver Nuggets are, you know, one of maybe one of the best offenses in the NBA right now with Nikola Jokic. I just, I'm really rooting for that Jimmy Butler story. It's really, he's really pulling at my heartstrings and I, I'm kind of just pulling for, for the dog, for the, uh, the ultimate dog of Jimmy Butler and the underdog story. Lewis, that's your specialty. I like Eight nuggets. What do you like? Yeah. Uh, can we call this the fire and ice finals? Is that too corny? Is that, uh... I don't, you know what I liked? I heard one that was really good. The spicy nuggets final. I like that. I like uh, all that. Right. All right. I like that one a lot. Let me get go on. Let me get some Wendy's now. Can I get a six? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, a six piece. Is it spicy or not spicy? Oh, listen, I'm rooting for Denver, but something tells me after going seven with the Celtics and the way they locked them up, heat and six. Heat and six, six. piece spicy nug. Let's go. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, I want. Denver, but there's just something. I, it's Matt said it. Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. he wants it. He needs it. Going from homeless to an NBA champion, what better story is there? So. I, I I love Jimmy Butler. I think he might be America's favorite player right now. I mean, the Nuggets look really good. 
But when you're on the roll, when you're rolling, sometimes that time off can kill you a little bit. He get mm-hmm. up in a series, they just keep on keeping on, man. I like the spicy nuggets. I'm going heat. You know, I, I love it. In six, I, I think that's great. Especially uh, already looking good. Bank account rolled. It had Notre Dame winning the national championship in lacrosse since March. So felt good about that when it went through. Let's keep that one on the train. Let's go. <laughs> We didn't even give out. We didn't give our, we didn't. We forgot to put out the NCAA lacrosse show. Damn. <laughs> oh, damn. Great weekend in Philly. Great weekend. Nobody else cares for me. Um, love you guys. It's going to be a great time. We'll see you next week. Hopefully, we'll de- begin divisional breakdowns. Divisional breakdown time of the year. Time to study. We got a big exam coming up in September, and it's four or five months long. Love it. Four. Our esteemed producer, Lemon Pepper, Lou Paracone, and one of the greatest podcast hosts in the world, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silberth. I am Dan Zampano. We thank you for listening to this NFC Free Agency Edition Sunday Car. The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zampano, co-hosted by Matt Silberth, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.